And then what's fascinating about that, we then flip it to the power of asking and the intentionality of asking. This is Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast, Episode 72. You're listening to Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast, brought to you by the fine folks at Response Suite. It's good to talk, isn't it? You sound like one of those ads from the 90s for a telecoms company. <laughs> I do. Hey, this is Rob and Kennedy. Hello. From Response Suite. And today we're talking about really the fact that business isn't a solo sport. It's easy for lots of us, I think, to think I want to remove myself from employment and just go out there on my own. But like anything, it's, it's a team sport. It really, really is. Because I think for me, one of the things that I've definitely learned about building a team around me is it's about how do they pull you up in standard? Like right. you hold me accountable and pull me up. And then everybody here is like constantly, we're all trying to pull each other up. That's a really good thing to do. Not only that, of course, but if you've got a question, like to build your team that's just beyond you, that's your associates, your friends, your colleagues, your partners. They can really help propel you forward as well in terms of holding you accountable or expectations and that kind of yeah. thing. Today we got to chat to a chap who knows a lot about this uh, called Dean Delisle. Mm. If you haven't come across Dean before, really smart guy. He's got a really great, like he's got a system, he's got a framework for how you build a network of people around you, like an ever-changing, ever-shifting network of people around you who support you and you support some of them. And you know, likewise, you'll have other people who are not on your team, but you're on theirs. He explains it much better than me, don't worry. Uh, but we're going to get into that in a, in a few minutes. It's really, really good. I think my fish would explain it better than you. And I <laughs> don't have a fish. <laughs> Before we get to that, a massive high five to one of our, our new listeners. Max Branding said, and I'm just reading this, from his review that he kindly left. By the way, if you haven't already left us a review on one of your favorite, whichever your favorite podcast player is, please go and do that. We'll give you a name check. We'll read you out on the show. We'd love to do that. Max said the dynamic duo has unrivaled talent in terms of being hilarious. Thank you, sir. Entertaining and above all helpful. They feature insightful guests and dive deep into a variety of topics that are sure to help any business person. Good luck listening without cracking an enormous smile. Good luck listening. <laughs> These reviews are doing wonders for my ego. Yes, yes, because it needed help. Yes. It? So I'll tell you what, if you want to help our egos, mm -hmm. then you can pledge just one review a month. <laughs> to help a needy to marketer. this cause to help a needy marketer uh, yeah go because needy and clingy uh, go and leave us a little review and it really I know it sounds like a little thing but it really if you've got a podcast you'll know this it really helps to spread the word and it's, not, it's really not about our egos it's about helping us tell the iTunes and all, that, all those things that we're doing a good job but more for me if you tell us what your big takeaway is if you tell, tell us what you enjoy the most they're the bits we're going to keep doing the bits that nobody mentions are the bits we're going to think, oh, does anybody really care about that? So let us know, especially if you're a new listener. Say, hey, I'm a new listener. We'd love to read that too. So welcome along for the ride. Before we go any further into this ride, into Dean's interview, let's go over to Rob's really important quote of the week. It's one of my favorites this week because as they say, raging bulls stand strong against cotton candy. There you go. Of food for thought for you there. It's one of my favorites. I love that. It's very good. You worked very hard on that, didn't you? Did. Very, very hard. Talking working really hard. A lot of us are really working very hard on this email marketing thing we keep talking about. Yeah, and the results, despite that, are getting worse for a lot of people. They are. They are. And I think it's because generally a lot of us don't 
use modern ways of understanding other people in order to segment our email marketing. So we're always presenting the right offer, the right messages to every single person on our list. And when you hear that kind of thing, it's dead easy to think, that sounds really complicated. It sounds like somebody in a much bigger business than me would do. The good news is it doesn't have to be complicated. In fact, it's so simple that Rob and I can even do it. And we have been doing it and we're teaching that whole thing on a special web class we've got coming up. Yeah, indeed. In fact, what we want to give you is one, just one really simple little shift in the way that you send emails. That's it. It's one really simple shift. And that, that, so that means there's only one little thing for you to do and that will have a giant impact on everything else that you do with email. And it's one thing you only need to do once as well. Yeah. I mean, so that's, that's really, really simple. So you can go and register to join the web class where we teach the whole thing in detail, no stone left unturned. You can go and do that. Where, Robert? It's just at responsesuite.com forward slash webinar. That's a good place to go. Right, without further ado, let's go and have a little natter with Dean. Who's that at the door? It's author and speaker and general amazing entrepreneur, Dean Delio. Hello, Dean. How are you? Hey, how you doing? <laughs> that was nearly as bad as, oh, I didn't see you there. I was thinking that. I was thinking, how could I do like a worse version of I didn't see you there? <laughs> Dean, man, how are you? You good? Good. Awesome, man. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. Thanks for being here. Having this online business thing is a fairly lonely job, isn't it? Especially if you work from home, which you know most of us did for a really long time. Uh, and so, like, you sometimes need to feel like you're surrounded by people who are doing the same thing. Is that something you've experienced? Oh yeah, for sure. You know, it's it's one of these things, and it all depends on our upbringing. And you know, so uh, I just I just find that you know, oh, it's not ready for prime time. So I'm gonna I'm gonna sit here and cook in the kitchen some more and make sure it's perfect before it comes out. And or I've got to go. You know, I've got problems. I've got to I've got to solve this myself, mm -hmm. and and then come come out and ta-da! Here it is. It's the great new next product. You know, mm -hmm. so it's uh, yeah, I've definitely experienced that <laughs> way too okay. many. Times. <laughs> that, and that makes sense. I mean, a lot of us are in that place where, you know, we're either working from home, like Rob said, or we're in that sort of small, maybe shed office space, if we're lucky, or in a, in a cupboard in, in, a, in an office space. I get that. So right. I know one of the things you've been really good at doing is building what I might call a circle of influence, a circle of people around you in order to remove that boredom. And I'm just really curious as to, first of all, how do you start identifying who you want to be? in that circle of influence? Because actually, before we even do that, why, what's our main purpose? Is it just to not feel lonely? Is it to learn from somebody? Is it to get them to do stuff for you? Like, what's our main initial reason to start building a bunch of people around us in a physical sort of way? Oh, great question. So, uh, so I've studied this for, for multiple decades and, and including working on myself. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and what I found is that we're all, we're all headed somewhere, you know, we're, we all have a specific destination. If you think about a GPS, it's like you are here and you're going there. And, and sometimes, you know, even if you're going nowhere, that's a destination, right? Mm -hmm. So, so as we do this, it's like, well, a lot of times we, we hang with the, the buds that we have or the people that we have around us or the people that got us to this very moment, but we don't often look at, oh, I want to now have a you know, job in you know, Asia or England or Chicago or wherever it is. And, and as we look at those career moves or as we look at our business moves, you know, I want to get to a million dollars. I want to get to $3 million. But then we don't change our circle of influence or the people that can help impact that we just really stay with the same people. And many times we just get stuck, you know, and, and this is human nature. This is how we operate. And it's, it's getting in the comfort zone. So we're and really talking about that whole old 
adage that we are the average of the five people we spend the most time with. If we yeah. spend the most time with ourselves, then we're going to be the average version of ourselves. Right, exactly. And sometimes we'll take, you know, from a comfort perspective, we will take uh, people that are much like ourselves to, to help us uh, feel good about ourselves and, and not challenge and, and get that sort of, uh, you know, contrast person that we want in our lives to, to, to really help challenge us or take us to that next level. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's like, you know, are you, um, are you a leader or are you a follower? And sometimes we're just a, a follower of ourselves and that's how we get stuck in this rut. I mean, you know, maybe we're not feeling, maybe we're in a position where we're not feeling like really lonely like now. We're not desperately thinking, oh, you know, I wish I had some more friends or I wish I had some more friends. <laughs> right. You're not feeling like you need to put Sinead O'Connell on loop, are you? No, no, exactly. <laughs> like, what are the other triggers or what, what is it that's going to, what else is going to make me think, actually, I should reach out and I should build this network of people around me? Well, I, maybe, uh, you know, maybe, you know, a lot of times we wait for that time where it's like something happens like a life event or a business event or a lack of, or, you know, so, uh, many of us have, have uh, built a business or a flagship, uh, you know, and that, that mistake that we've all heard about, you know, making a single client or customer 80% of your business, you lose that business. And now you're like, got the wake up call or the tap on the shoulder. And, and so, you know, rather than wait, what if you sat and you said, Hey, listen, uh, instead of a million dollar this year, we're going to do 1.5. And so 1.5 are the current people around me going to help me get to 1.5 or, or did it take most of me and some of them to get me to one point, you know, where I'm at. And now all of a sudden I'm like, okay, I need some new players in this game to help go to that next level. And, and, and that, do, you, do you feel like that's a, a replacement thing where you need to take some people out and replace them? Oh, or is that God. usually an, an in addition to thing? No, it's it's absolutely a replacement thing. So so when we when we take people through our uh, you know through our uh, influencer development course, one of the core things is to build your social team. And so we have we have them stack rank their their top players that are going to help them get to their goals. You know, you always start with goals and objectives and anything that you do. And and we look at the current players and I say, well, bring your best team. Who's the best team? You know, when I was growing up, we'd play. Uh, what's called sandlot, you know, where you're just like going to a sandlot and you're, you're playing baseball here in the States, uh, much uh, a little bit like cricket. And you'd go there and you're just like, <laughs> I'm going to pick Rob and I'm going to pick this person. I'm going to pick that person. And it's like, well, I was always picked last by the way. Yeah. You're, right. <laughs> yeah. I've been there too. I started getting picked last and then I just practiced. Right Actually, I mean, just to make this, last. just to make this worse very quickly, I got picked after the kid who was really shit. <laughs> <laughs> So just so you know, you got picked after the kid with crutches, right? <laughs> so, uh, but the idea here is that, you know, sometimes we just, just make the wrong selection and then, you know, and I've done this too. It's even, even when you're hiring people, you're like, man, it's like, why am I suffering through this rotten hire? Is it, mm -hmm. is it just because I'm lazy? Is it because I'm comfortable or what is it? And so that's where you need to sort of pick your head up and consciously, what we call draft new people onto your team. And it's nothing different than what sports teams do. You know, it'll, it'll be, you know, we'll have shitty teams here in the States and we'll have great teams here in the States. And, you know, and then you look and they're like, Oh, we're rebuilding, you know, but they're not really doing anything. And then there's the teams that are really winning championships all of a sudden, and they've decided to get rid of toxic or bad players off the team and bring some good ones on, you know? So 
I suppose the other thing that's really interesting there is this idea that actually I, I might not be feeling lonely, you know, like I might, I might have a little community of people around me. I might talk to them all the time. This might be going great, but I might say, well, do you know what? In the last three years, I haven't made any progress and I've been, I've been doing all the right things. You know, I've done all the right processes in the business. I'm doing the right kinds of marketing. Actually, maybe the reason why I'm not getting any further is I don't have people around me who are, um, I suppose, giving me the right advice, either giving me the right advice or aspiration or people I aspire to and all that kind of thing. So actually it might just be you've hit a ceiling and now listening to this, we suddenly realize actually maybe that's based on the people I'm surrounded by. I think the other thing that just really came to me was as entrepreneurs who are moving fast, most of us understand that success loves speed. So we're moving really, really quickly and we're often hiring probably a bit too late because we, we, our, our cash flow is precious. So we're hiring usually very late. So we're often picking from a, a, a pool of people where we're thinking, well, that's the best person in that pool. We did a hiring activity fairly recently here at Response Suite. And actually, we sat back and said, you know, if this was the only person in this pool, would we really hire them? And the answer was yeah. no, they're just right. the best of a bad bunch. So we have to be ready to step back and go, actually, we need to just change strategy. We need to re-advertise. We need to take new applications. We need to do this all over again, even though we've been advertising and interviewing for weeks on end. Amen. You know, it's, it's, that's, and, and, and that's funny that you say that because some, you know, like I said, it's like, oh, you know what, uh, so-and-so has, and, and we're going through this right now, and you're looking, and all of a sudden, you're like, I'm super busy, I have my own agenda, I have things I have to do as running a company, I need to replace that position, and this person's convenient, and, and so, so a lot of us make that choice because we want to get back to doing our stuff, and this is where we get caught, but the idea is, we need to stop it and, and pay attention and go, okay, wait, what was our original agenda here? Oh, wait, we need to get to 1.2 or 1.5 or whatever we decided at the beginning of the year was going to be our goal. Is that person going to allow us to get there? And that's the, that's the question that everyone has to ask with your current team as well as with anybody new that you're looking to bring on, whether it's an outside vendor or it's somebody on the team, you know, on the staff. Somebody I was chatting to recently made me realize that actually what I call my quote unquote air quotes team isn't what most people think it is. And your team is actually instantly much broader than you probably think. For example, your team, in his words, are everyone, anyone who impacts the ability that your business has to succeed or fail. So for example, so for example the tax man and uh, your account. <laughs> He's on your team. Absolutely is part of your team because you interact with him and they all have an ability to help you succeed or not, depending okay. on the sure. decisions right. that they make and the things they do. So in terms of when you're working with clients and when people are going through your, your processes, Dean, are you focused on, for example, what I first referenced, which is like other business owners who are like, you can form like a mastermind with, or are you talking about employees I, you know, and team members? Are you talking about, what, what, are you all both? What's your, what yeah, you it's a great question. So, so it's both. And just so you know, and, and I hope, Hal, that you're not hurt, but Hal is on my team, but he's way at the end of my team because he's more, ta you know, a technical. He's mm -hmm. not a tactical. You know, he's not, he's there making sure that the, you know, P&L is structured and things are filed and things are going that way. That's not going to help me get to 1.5. My CFO, who is an outsourced CFO, has a much higher ranking 
because he has value in helping me strategically making sure I stay on track. I'm hiring the right people. I'm not, you know, I'm not uh, costing too much to acquire customers, et cetera, et cetera. So, so that's where I think people get, you know, oh, I'll automatically list my attorney and I'll list this person and this person, this person. Well, that's maybe your advisory board, but it's really not your social team where these people are all in together to drive the business to that next level. And it can, it can be a combination thereof, but the real success comes when you start looking at people like uh, allies that you have that are great referral partners, or, you know, maybe these are people that run organizations that contain all the next customers that you could ever want, you know? So it could be, you know, I, I, I like people that sit on boards. I like people that run or are advisory to membership organizations that have a cluster of members that are ideal targets for us. Those are the people I put on because I'm like, they have a network that's going to help me and I have a network that's going to help them. And there's mutuality in that. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And I suppose actually that something to pull out of that is if you think about it, there's, there'll be a load of people. I was actually this person until very recently. There'll be a load of business owners in the world who currently consider their accountant to be their, like, like you said, your sort of CFO, an outsourced CFO who's guiding. But actually, if you've got an accountant who, who's, just, who's just putting numbers in boxes and submitting a tax return, then actually that you are putting a lot of weight on the shoulders of somebody who's not sustaining that weight. He's not supposed to be. And there. now suddenly you can think, actually, do you know what? If I want somebody who can give me genuine financial guidance and advice to help me make decisions in my business, I need to find somebody who can do that. And I think there'll be people, again, if I was listening to this a few months ago, I would have gone, actually, do you know what? This, this is me. I need, to, I need to find somebody who can help me more strategically steer financial decisions. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That, that's massive, isn't it? Well, I think all of us have made terrible hires, whether that's been, I mean, mainly for me, I've made some terrible, I know Rob, you've had a lot of experience with this too, where you've hired really terrible outsourced workers, where you yeah. found freelancers who obviously big themselves up to get the bit of work and then it just hasn't been so good. So we've all made bad hires for our team, whether, you, whether that's a literal hire for a, a team member or it's your, your mastermind or whatever it's going to be. So what kind of criteria do you put in place in order to make sure the people on Team U are fabulous? Because I know you've done a load of studies in the world of sport, so I can't right. wait for some sporting analogies that Rob and I will not understand whatsoever, <laughs> to be honest, Dean, but you carry on because I know we're in the minority. What are, what are we looking for that's going to let us know this person who we're bringing in is going to be an A player for the place we want to get. Because the big thing with this, folks, before we go to the answer here, is that the A player in your current team may not be and probably will not be the A player you need when you need to get to that next level. The person who got you from zero to 100K is probably not the person in many roles in a business which obviously gets you from 100K to that, that, that few million. Absolutely. So how do I identify the people who are going to bring the new folk, we're going to bring that new blood who are going to come in, how do we figure it out? Is it only they've done it before or is it that they have the, the potential? I mean, how the hell do you assess that? Well, you, you know, that's an excellent question. So when I studied this, I studied uh, the scouting and drafting process for many major sports here in the, in the U.S. So in theater, and, that's like talent spotting, right? Yeah, to, yeah, right. So basically, right. And so I was thinking, well, it's based on pure skill because 
I'm like, well, you know, when I was wrestling, playing football, I was fighting in MMA. It's like, well, if I'm strong and I'm quicker and I'm faster, I'm going to get selected to be part of this great team to win this championship Mm -hmm. with these people. Uh, However, the scouts look way beyond that. They look at, at character. They look at uh, who the person is. And it's not just based on raw talent. I mean, they, they look at their families. They look at, at things that can come up. They look at the mental state. They, they make sure that, that it's synergistic and it works together. And so we need to do that for ourselves as well as for our organizations and say, you know, are we on the same journey? Is that person just as go-getter? If you want to be a, a better tennis player, you don't play with crappy tennis players or people that play at the same level. You right. play with a championship level player, your game's going to get way better. I mean, I, you know, I do this. I, I stink at golf, you know. However, when I golf with better golfers, all of a sudden my game's better. If I'm just out with a bunch of buddies, you know, tipping cocktails and, and swinging the club, I, it's a bad game, you know. It's not, and so that, that's my choice that day of, of how I'm going to be as a golfer. Well, a lot of times we treat our business and our, and our, you know, our, our, you know, ourselves like that where we're like, I'm just going to run with the same group because it's comfortable and, and I've known them for a while. And yeah, I trust them and things like that. And uh, they've helped me through thick and thin. However, they may be okay where they're at in their journey, but, and uh, yeah, and, and are you okay where you're at in your journey or are you still committed to going to that next level? And are these next level players that are willing to, to help take you there? And, and one thing I, I want to emphasize is that you also need to be all in for your team members. So this means that not only is, are they serving you, but you're serving them. And you can see this journey synergistically going together where you're both going for the gold. You know, you're both going for this championship together. And it doesn't mean you work in the same company. It doesn't mean you're even in the same company. However, it just makes, it makes cold sense that you're just absolutely going to be going after, you know, let's say you, you know, your main customer is um, small business owners. Mm-hmm. Well, you should, you should team up with people that are going after small business owners after the same target and, and you're in it together so that when you, when you get to those next levels, you're referring business back and forth. And, and we actually build an entire referral team out of this so that it's not just the, the people, the new business that you're getting, but when you need new hires, you're in the same sort of space in your head to get those new hires. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense because if you if you're on that sort of almost like you're on that same train going to the same destination, it means along the way you could all be learning from that sort of parallel experience. Obviously, you're the author of first the Street Guide to Digital Business Influence, yeah. uh, which is part of this, this this series you've got called the first series. And so at this point, we're going to interrupt the interview, which is I'm I'm I'm, lo- I'm loving this and I'm learning tons, which is I'm taking so many notes. It's great. We're going to interrupt at this point to play our first game of the episode. Since you're both- Our first game. Our first game of the episode, episode, absolutely. And since you wrote the book first, in that first series, we've got a game all about firsts. This is how it's gonna work. We've got 10 different firsts, and we're gonna give you the option of two different years in which that first thing happened. And we want you to tell us which year is the correct year. Does that make sense? Okay, yeah, for sure. Okay, so the first one is the first cell phone was invented. The first cell phone came around. Was that in 1953 
1973? 53. It wasn't. It was 1973. We Come on. I couldn't we? believe it. I had, I, oh, well, yeah. Well, actually, I had two tin cans and a string. Yeah, I didn't know what the, yeah. So I didn't know if that string counted as a cell or not. <laughs> Here's the next one. When was the first selfie taken, right? The first selfie photograph. Was it in 1839 or 1939? <laughs> 1939. <laughs> You'd think, but it was actually 1839. Yeah. It was I knew accident. that. Why did I know that? <laughs> I know. Do you know what's really funny about that is it was taken by accident and it was actually also the first photograph of a person ever taken. I think the guy was sort of twiddling with the knobs trying to set it up and pff, went off on his face and he took a selfie. That's <laughs> right. When was the first food microwaved? Was it 1950? Oh. Uh, yeah. I can tell you what it was. It was popcorn. Uh, was it microwaved in 1959 or 1945? Wow, I'm going to go with 59. Oh, so far, so you've got a 100% success rate of missing the right answer. <laughs> so congratulations. Yeah, I know. Well, that, yeah, well, the people on my team actually are really good at trivia. And so, you know, that's... <laughs> that's what it's about. It was 45 that that first food was microwaved. It was Wait, where was, where was that, though? It was in the States, I believe. I believe it was in the States. We're back on the cameras with the next one. We are. When was the first color photograph? Was it in 18, 1861... Is it a long time ago? 1861 or 1905? Both of them a long time ago. Yeah, was it colorized or was it pure color? I would say yeah. I'd have to say 05 was the pure color. It was 1861 on this one, I'm afraid. Wow, okay. When yeah. do you think the first car was? 1896 or 1869? Oh, I like 69. I got to go with 69. <laughs> <laughs> no questions will be asked, but it was 96. <laughs> Next one is, uh, I think this was actually, I think this might have been Kennedy. When was the first penis transplant? Was that in, two th is it in 2014 or was it in 1969? Was it, was it transferred to another human? <laughs> yes, yes, it was. It was a person to person. Podger <laughs> transplant. I got to go, go with 69 again. <laughs> it was only in 2014. I know. Yeah, right. that, you had to keep it to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> when was the first Rockefeller sent a Christmas tree? Was that in 1941 or 1931? Uh, 41. I might as well consistently be wrong. You are consistently being wrong, correct? <laughs> it's 1931. I know. All right. <laughs> We've got three to go. Come on. I want to get you one. I want to get you. No, one. no, no. I, yeah, I, I like to be 100% wrong because every time we're wrong, we learn. Oh, well, there you go. There you go. There's a philosophy for life. So the first McDonald's, was that in 1948 or 1952? 48. It was 48. Oh, shit. No learning for you. No learning for you. I was going to say, go big or go home. Well, I just watched that movie, The Founder, if you haven't seen that. That's a it's a great film. I watched it on a flight. I've not seen it. Yeah. The Founder. Um, next. When was speaking, the, of, speaking of McDonald's. Yeah. When was the first toilet roll made, although it was called medical paper? Was that in 1857 or 1947? 1857 or 1947? God, they had to have been using it in 1857, right? Correct. 1857 it was. Yes. It was. It was called medical paper. What did they and use right before that is what I want to know. Leaves? I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't actually want to know. That's not true. I whatever you had know. in your wallet, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose the receipt. <laughs> whatever you had. <laughs> the old receipt. And finally, when was the first neon sign 
put up in Las Vegas? Was it in 1951 or 1941? Oh, 41. It was 41. You yeah. did pretty good. So I three think you actually 10, got then. three out of 10, which yeah, is could, not yeah. the worst score we've ever had. It wasn't. Wow. We have had, I'm sure, zero out of 10. I'm before. sure we've had zero out of 10. Oh my God. My wife's going to laugh at this. She, she never takes me to trivia night. She's like, oh, <laughs> no, we can see. You're wrong. useless. I go, I'm the bartender. That's what I do. So. <laughs> let's get back to this. Uh, let's get back to this amazing stuff about building this network of people around you. I want to talk about, it feels like we're taking sides here. Kennedy's talking very much about building a paid team of people around you. I'm, I'm interested in how you build this sort of mastermind network. So we get to cover both angles right. here. In terms of, you know, where, where, do, where do you sit on the idea of being in sort of part of a, like a paid mastermind group where either one person choreographs it and you all pay them and they sort of facilitate it um, or being in a, a mastermind group? For example, Kennedy's in a mastermind group, which is none of you pay to be no, in it. We've been meeting for uh, every, every six weeks for seven years. Yeah, seven so, years. so either way, whether it's paid or not, where do you sit on the idea of being in a sort of mastermind group as part of this team? Is that part of it or not? Yeah, not not at all. I mean, it, they can overlap, but no, because because um, there's a there's a constant state of flux. You know, I I'm not sure if it was Kennedy uh, or or you, Rob, that that mentioned this, but your team is constantly in a state of you're you're always scouting, and so the idea is it's not this static team because again, we don't want to get stale or static. We want to be conscious that there potentially is a is another best player, and what we do. So these are not paid teams, but they are structured. They're structured with the top five players in your team are starters. So in basketball or, or cricket, or it doesn't matter what the game is, when people step on the court for the first time and the game's ready to start or onto the field, uh, those are the starters. Those are the people that jump you out of the gate and make sure that that you're going to get a good lead, that you're going to that you're going to get a good start to the game, and those are the starters. And so we always have people structure with those top five starters, and there's usually a top one or two player in those starters. And then what we say is that from this moment forward, whether you meet somebody on social media or you meet somebody in a meeting or you meet somebody at a networking event or at a barbecue, it doesn't matter. You're constantly consciously scouting to have people that are at that top starter rank. So you compare them to your very best player. So instead of scouting for criteria, you once you have the criteria and the very best starters that you know of at this moment you now start consciously seeing people differently so that you can scout those next best players. And, and when you get a top five going and then you get a bench going of 10 after those five, you are rocking. I mean, I mean, the people are at peak performance with just 15 people in their network and they have referrals. I mean, we have companies that get funded. I, I mean, it, it, there's just uh, people that just constantly get promoted off of this system. And then we have another group of 25 that we are calling them the practice squad. And so okay. those people, and it makes up a, a team of 40 all in all, but it's never, it's never static. And, and your goal is to build relationships. So rather than pay each other, uh, develop relationships. And we have a, a unique relationship scoring system that says, you know, Rob and, and I, you know, we know each other really well. We know, you know, we know what our family's names are. We know what our, our you know, our favorite thing to do. We know um, cool things about how to help one another. And, and we're top of mind for each other. 
which again is another thing. It's like, oh, I forgot you did that. Or I, you know, I, I should have had you in this meeting, you know, and you, you never want to have that, you know, of, of anybody on your team. So no, your team. It is easily done, but it's about that, that level of understanding, right? Yeah, right. Absolutely. Okay. That, okay. So, sorry, I interrupted you there because I got excited. I was just sort of like thinking that's, you know, you, so you, you score them, but what's the criteria we're scoring them on, I suppose? Well, it's, it's a level of relationship. So as we develop a relationship here and we're, you know, talking and learning about one another and, and we're going to make a decision, is this a podcast interview or are there other things that we could do together? And, and does it make sense to have Kennedy on my team or, you know, what, what does that look like? We have an option to, to now explore and, and take things further. And so in that criteria, it could do with, um, it could do with alignment of vision and destination. So are we on the same path or we both have million dollar companies and, and next year we want to have $2 million companies. Are we on that same path? Is the relationship at the level where we're truly being honest with one another or are we just saying things the other one wants to hear? Are we being authentic and genuine? Right. Are we really being transparent and, and are they being transparent with us? So that's the power of authenticity if you will it's sort of like yeah it's sort of like polygamous dating isn't it you know you're kind of like in a relationship with this person over here and they're going to bring some things to the party uh, whilst you speak to somebody else and you can deliver to them in different ways that's a new one. Yeah. We've talked about polygamous dating now on the podcast. Thank you. There you go. Right. There you, well, the thing is, it's like, do you ever, you know, you ever go on dates and all of a sudden you're dating, dating, dating. It's like, well, maybe we should live together. And then you really know the person. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how formal is this agreement? Is it a very formalized thing where we're going to meet every so often, or this is an exclusive relationship with contracts? How formal is it? Do the people, I mean, even to the people in that network of people, do they know they're part of a thing or is it just, is this just a construct for our minds? Yeah. So, so most cases, it is funny you ask that because it depends on the type of person because we'll deal like in professional services or maybe, you know, attorneys, wealth managers, people that are a little more structured and reserved or conservative, you know, in their ways of communicating or being social. So it Mm. depends on the social traits of the person. We always recommend to tell people because we want you to teach your team how to build their team and you want to be part of that team so that you can uh, sort of get this thing and keep this thing going and it creates what we call a cluster or a power hub together. So if if we have even five people that are operating at this peak performance and everybody is building their team and scouting, they're not just scouting for themselves, you're scouting for each other and you create this power network or hub together, if you will. And this is where we've seen big, big, big powerful groups build is just out of this this individual process but the idea is that we're we're helping each other out and 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 we tell our students and and clients to really let people know you're you know you're on my team and and this is what that looks like and and so the, you were asking about frequency and we have you literally uh, touch two team members a day five days a week so so you're really it, it could be a text message it could be on social media it could be, you know, engaging with their content and helping them out. It could be a phone call. And so we just want um, two touches with the intent to increase the relationship score. And then what's fascinating about that, we then flip it to the power of asking and the intentionality of asking. So if you need new clients or you need funding or you need a, you need a promotion, whatever it is, you get into the power of 
asking when you have a relationship score that gets to a level three and above, now you can go direct when you're, you know, get to that relationship level. And I can go, hey, Kennedy, I see that, you know, you have um, this great person in your network and I, I would really love an introduction. And you start asking for things of each other. And Does that make sense? Asking, yeah, that makes perfect sense. And speaking of asking about things from each other, when you set up these sort of relationships that we're talking about here, which I just I think is amazing, um, what's your view on on the commer- on commercial interaction between them? What I mean by that is, are they allowed to become your customers? if they're in your network or is it we have to have an agreement that everything we do every every one of our products for example let me give you an example rather than me trying to summarize i was trying to think of a summary summary way of saying it for example i've got a product i might uh, let's say i've got response suite our software here and i create this beautiful network that we're talking about here these relationships my team and somebody in my team really could do with response suite in their business because we know it's going to really help them because they're a coach or they do email marketing i know it's really going to help them is there an obligation that we need to keep the commercial element out of it so they should absolutely get it for free, they should expect it for free, and I should expect to give them it to them for free? Or is that not allowed whatsoever? So there's not allowed to be any commercial transactions within it, which I know is the case in some masterminds. Or is it encouraged that you do business with each other? What have you found in terms of your studies in teams, the sporting element and the work that you do is the best way to deal with commercial relationships within that? Now we we absolutely love commercial relationships because there's a there's a commitment of uh, of um, you know actually taking care of somebody the right way and expecting fair you know fair money in return. So uh, so I have I have clients right now that are on my team and I'm on I'm on their team as well and it's interesting how that works. And you know what's what's interesting about that is those are the ones that when you get to that um, that level of truth or authenticity that you're going to find out really what you need to fix within your organization. So they're going to come back to you and go, hey, listen, you guys are knocking it out of the park here, but this is really messed up over here. <laughs> you know, you're going to get that honest feedback rather than having a, a, a client that's not at that level of relationship with you. Sure. And now all of a sudden, you know, they're just like, hey, listen, this isn't working out. We're going to leave. So just to get some clarity on this then, is, is everybody in a team with each other? In other words, if you're on somebody's team, are they automatically on your team and vice versa? Otherwise, that's not really what you're talking about here. And nope. likewise, if you've got your little team of people, is that like you're all in, a, in a, like a huddle together? Or is it that you, know, you might have a team of people and they're all off with their own teams who are not on your team? How does that work? Yeah, it's it's not always one to one. So, you know, it it just might not make uh, good sense, you know, for that. And uh, what we do find out, though, that um, there is uh, some uh, teaming or co-op teaming uh, at that level where, you know, we're all of a sudden we decided that we're in this together, we're doing well, and they will naturally migrate. Now, that has to, that also is also carrying that consciousness is, are you still on the same path with them? So as you reevaluate your team and you're scouting and drafting, that person may become uh, obsolete uh, by the time you go to the next level because maybe they're in a different direction and things change. You know, things just change. You know, it's just, it's funny. It's like all of a sudden, have you ever had that person that you're like talking to all the time and then you can't get a hold of them and you drop off and you forget about each other. And then two years later, it's like, oh my God, what happened to you? Oh, you know, my mom died and this happened and this happened, you know, and, and life shows up and things change. So, so, 
you know, so that's why we don't want this permanent comfort level. We want to consciously be scouting. And when I, when I worked with the sports teams, I'm like, Hey, listen, when is, when is scouting season? When, when do you guys, you know, when, when do you guys take a break or anything? They go, it's 365 days a year. We are scouting all the time. And that's when I was like, Oh, Oh, so I should pay attention all the time for, for new potential team replacement members because those top five starters may not always be working out together. You know, it, it may work, it may not work, or my bench, you know, might work, might not work. And that's why these teams you'll all of a sudden see in the middle of a season or whenever. And you're like, wow, where'd that player go? Why is this a new player on the team? And you're like always open for new recruits, basically. Yes, absolutely. Very always cool. open-minded, right? So, and, cool. and, and never comfortable. Right. Because comfort's always a dangerous place to be. Yeah, well, yeah. Just see so, okay, we're going to interrupt the proceedings again for the second and final time to play our favorite game. Now, oh, here's okay. how it works. My colleague Kennedy here, hello, that's him. He's going to sing a song for you now, Dean. But he's going to sing a song in the style of a traditional British pub singer. And that means that some of the words will be hard to understand. Your job is simply at the end to guess what song you think he sang. So, take it away. That was pretty good. I just picked this and gave it to him, by the way, so he's had seconds to prepare. <laughs> That's awesome. I couldn't even center myself or get myself. Dean, to... any idea? Uh, white Wedding? Oh, you were actually... That was a That's very a good guess. guess. That's a really good guess. Wrong, ah. wrong, wrong. I mean, you're keeping up your appearances of the other round, uh, which is good. Uh, now, that was a blondie one way or another. Oh, yes, okay. I was like, okay, yeah, right. Okay, pretty close. You got it. You got it pretty yeah. good. I want to talk about the awkward subject. Talking to me feeling awkward singing that song. I want to talk about the, the, the really awkward subject of how do you remove somebody from your team? Because if they're an employee and something bad's happened, you've got to let somebody go... That's a horrific thing to have to go through as a, as a, as a boss. But they're on your sort of team thing. So, right? yeah, if somebody's on your team as a, as a colleague, acquaintance, friend. How do, you, a, how do you boot them? Well, a lot of times it happens naturally. You know, I just had this happen to me uh, this week. And it's, it's literally like, you know, it's, it, there's, there's, a, there's an agreement that things aren't working out and there's a departure or there's a separation. It's like breaking up and, you, just you know, yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. Or it could be like you start being the guy who never returns the calls and they can't get a hold of you anymore. <laughs> Although I'm not, I don't know, somebody died. I can't figure out who it was. My grand, didn't she die back in 1872? No, that was the year the got invented, remember? Right. No, I'm usually one that will be like, you know, and it's funny you say that because that used to bug me with my dad. It's like all of a sudden it's like, nope, we're not going to see them anymore. We just hate that family and, you know, we're not friends. And I'd be like, oh, great. Okay, so I can't play with their kids, whatever. So, so, but, you know, I'm always like, you know, I want some sort of, um, I don't know departure you know clean departure well it's a win-win and there's still a good feeling because we're talking about at that point it's about i talk about this a lot which is your legacy like what's your reputation once you leave that relationship right. you don't want it to be ah oh, that dean he's a right oh you don't want to deal with him he's a terrible human being instead right. you want it to be oh he's a great guy we used to meet a lot and that was great you want that to be a positive aftermath don't you Yep. Yep. And I, and I got to tell you, you know, there are thoughts that go through my head like, man, I would really like to punch that guy in the face, you know, or whatever, you know? And so, but then you're like, you step back and you go, Hey, listen, what's, what's the right thing to do? Maybe, maybe, you know, and, and, you know, there's, 
there's reasons for everything. There's whenever there's a separation or things don't work, is there something, you know, I could have done better. Mm. So it, it's also that time where you're like, hey, listen, you know, before you, before we depart here, uh, is there things I could have done better and what can I improve on? Because, you know, I, like, I'm, I'm about responsibility, isn't it? It's yeah, yeah. Responsibility and a personal responsibility. Absolutely. Amazing. Well, this has been great. But Dean, we're now going to jump over into what we lovingly refer to as the quick fire round. Hey, hey. You don't want to miss out on more of these fabulous nuggets, do you? Make sure you subscribe to the Three Marketers Podcast now on your podcast player. Yes. Dean, what would be a book, apart from your own work, which I'm sure <laughs> everybody already has, and if they haven't, they'll be going out to grab it. We'll talk about that in a second. What would be a book that you would recommend? Uh, I like, uh, I just read uh, Mark Schaefer's Marketing Rebellion. That's, um, that's one of my favorites. I love the front cover yeah. design even. Even the cover, don't judge a book by its cover. It's got a cool cover too. <laughs> yeah, it does. Very cool. Give us one of your top success habits, something that you do regularly. Um, I, uh, you know, I like to, uh, actually I like, uh, meditation and journaling. So, uh, those are, those are two things that, uh, I meditate every morning and I, I look to journal, uh, just about every night and it feels like it, it, you know, even in the worst of times, it keeps me right. So. Love that. And who do you look up to? Which entrepreneur or business person or marketer do you really admire? Well, and, uh, you know, I'm not sure necessarily a marketer, but I've, I've always been a big uh, Tony Robbins fan. I just, I worked with the guy and uh, had done a lot of things with him. And uh, I love his podcasts and his interviews and, and his, um, a lot of his determination to go from entrepreneurship to, you know, mega millionaire, maybe billionaire, but uh, just in terms of uh, never afraid to try new things or to bust into new markets. So I just find it fascinating how he continues. And, you know, I just think because I started early on with him that I have a connection to, you know, being plugged into all of his movements. So <laughs> awesome. Um, what are some of your favorite apps that you think are super cool right now? Woo, man, in the influencer space, there's a ton of them. I don't know if you know about uh, TikTok, but I think it's a fun app, you know? And so cool. it's, it's yeah, it is, a little video thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's a little video thing. And, uh, you know, it, it almost takes no talent, which I love. So nice. Screw you. All right. I love, okay. TikTok. That's really cool. Big important question though, on that note, Rob, with your insults, who, Dean, who do you like more? Redhead uh, Rob or platinum head Kennedy? Uh, yeah, I've got to, I think I have to go with a uh, man. It is a tough choice because my mom in England is a redhead and then uh, my son is more platinum and has a hairstyle uh, like Kennedy. So, um, I don't know. I've got to go with Kennedy, I think. That's oh. a great choice. What a Yeah, and, and my son wears his hair, you know, when he wears it up, it's almost like that. And so I was, you know, it's like an ultra- Apart from the fact that I bet your son probably is in an age where it's age appropriate to have your hair like this. <laughs> <laughs> 21. <laughs> 21. <laughs> Finally, Dean. So um, we want to find out more about where people can go to find out about you. So first of all, uh, we'll do it in two stages. First of all, tell us about the book. 
Yeah. So the book first is uh, I wanted to keep it simple and, and whether it's a career uh, business, uh, we want to be first. We want to be the top of mind. We want to be the first one people think of, the first one referred. And so I just simply called it first. And I grew up on the streets, uh, told you before the program, uh, Chicago, London, uh, different areas of the world, and uh, grew up tough on the streets. And uh, I called it a street guide to digital business influence because I didn't start in the digital space. However, um, there's a lot of traditional methodologies, including this social teaming, which can be done with or without the digital world. And, and I really wanted to make it a simple, easy to follow system and book where somebody could pick it up and go, I'm going to use this to get a new job. I'm going to use this to get funded. I'm going to use this to build my company. And I just want to be top of mind and not be alone in doing it. Awesome. And, and also just generally to find out more about you, where, where do they go? Uh, DeanDelisle.com, D-E-L-I-S-L-E, that S is silent. So, uh, so DeanDelisle.com. And if you Google me, uh, it's not hard to find uh, my stuff. So, and, Not uh, hard at all. Of course, links to all of that stuff in the show notes that we've prepared for you folks. Link coming up in but a moment. Dean, thank you so much for taking some time out to come and join us today. This has been amazing. Yeah, thanks for having me. I, it was a real delight. I love the show. Really cool. And totally different from the way I think about like masterminds and, and that sort of thing. I think my big thing from that, you know, is that it's a constantly changing team, right? Like it's constantly fluid. As you move along, it's like some people have their, have a change of circumstance or your circumstances change and it's constantly moving. But also that your team around you, your little sphere of people is different to their sphere of people. Right. So like, it's not a cumulative team that you're all just discussing within. It's you, you have a team around you and they have a team around them. And some of those people might be the same, but many of those people might not be the same. It's quite an interesting thing to think It's about. the opposite of just having a mastermind of like six people and they all help each other. And it's like each of your, each like a planet and it all, each of those planets has a different bunch of things in its orbit. Yeah. And, so, and there's some crossover. And what's interesting there, I think, is that there's, there's bits where, you know, for example, I might say to you, oh, I'm really struggling with this thing. I can't uh-huh. work out the best way to do this. Mm-hmm. And you would say, oh, I, I don't know. But my friend Steve, he knows everything about that. I'll chat to Steve. And I'll come back to you. And like, so there's some real crossover in terms of your ability to get more insight from somewhere else because you know that's the place to get some insight from and then come back to me. We've st- got a bit of cross-pollination. Steve's sort of on my team for a bit while I solve that thing. And then he's off and that's fine. He's doing a lot of stuff. If you want to read the show notes on this, because there's a lot of really new concepts, certainly for me on this, certainly worth reading through them. Well, where are we going to find these show notes? Just pop over to blog.responsesuite.com forward slash 072. That's the place to do it. Of course, if you are a brand new listener or maybe you've been listening for a while and you haven't yet got round to leaving us a review on your podcast player, pop over there right now and do it. We'd really appreciate it. We'll read out lots of the reviews on the show, as you already know, and it means the world to us to know what you get out of the show. Let us know. That's all. Other than that, we'll see you right back here next week. Don't miss a thing. Miss a thing. Check out the show notes at blog.responsesuite.com.